going into this, we had a solid discussion, you know, took about 20 minutes tops. <laughs> <laughs> you're funny, Drew. <laughs> and that's your Friday Night Rewind. So I was talking with my coworker about this. She's already a huge supporter, already a huge fan. We love that. Haven't even released a single <laughs> podcast yet. And she's already ready to support. She said she was going to be also our biggest hater, though, that she was going to comment on everything and be like criticizing everything. <laughs> we love a healthy balance. Of yeah, exactly. Viruses. Now, when I tell you she and I have great chemistry, we may have to bring her on the show. I mean, I don't know, Drew, you might have to tolerate her because <laughs> it's I'm here for she it. and I. She and I have some really good, we play off each other pretty well. We're good at, like, with that, like, we kind of make fun of each other relationship, you know? Yeah. So, definitely kind of works out. You know, she makes fun of me for the fact that I don't believe in Pam spray and microwaves and dryers. (laughs) Your face right now. Do you mean in combination with each other? Or do you just mean individually you don't believe in it? What do you mean by you don't don't believe in them? believe in using them like feeling you said microwave i thought you knew that i lived without a microwave for like a year and a half no yeah when i was in my apartment in greenfield indiana i didn't have a microwave because it didn't come with the apartment and i refused to buy one and i just don't really believe it anymore now i will say when i bought my house it came with a microwave I would so, hope so yes well sometimes it does so people take their appliances I wish his, my, I'm using my brother's chair and these like things for your arms keep sliding. It's annoying. Uh, so I use the microwave at my, my house now. I will say the first year that I was in the house, probably didn't use it more than 10 times the whole year, but I use it a lot more now because I buy microwave meals and intentionally do things to microwave because I have it. Why not use it? But you really don't need one. You would think you do. I know that you're looking at me like, how can you imagine living without no. a microwave? I'm looking at you because I'm pretty sure I remember Marco Polo where you made microwave popcorn. I made it on the stove. I make okay. popcorn on the stove now. There's it a lot is, of things. It, it is good. It is good on the stove. I make a lot of things on the stove. Oh, are you thinking of the Marco Polo recently, though, where I microwaved it, maybe? Probably, yes. Or, no, you're thinking about how I melted the butter. I melted the butter in the microwave. Oh, I just assumed you made popcorn in there, too. Uh, no, no, on the stove. I only ever make popcorn on the stove now. Ever since I didn't have a microwave. I learned how to make it on the stove and it became the new habit. So it's better on the stove. Yeah. And then as far as Pam spray, I think it's a waste of money. And I bought a thing like it's like a pressurized olive oil sprayer. So you put your own olive oil in it, you you pump it and it sprays. And then you when it's out, you just add more olive oil. And once it was like 15 bucks. And what is Pam? Like five bucks, maybe. So once I've refilled that thing three times, it's already paid for itself. And then. Okay, yes. But what? But, but the concept is still there. You're using spray oil. Yeah. Spray oil is not the problem. It's the fact that you're buying reusable. Like you, ha- it's not reusable. You have to keep buying the spray. That's the problem. That's what I don't believe in. And bad for the environment. Just saying. I don't have any comment. I, I mean. <laughs> It's not that you don't believe in Peo. So that's, that's, <laughs> we're, we're settled with that now. That's just a I difference also, between buying a water, like a, a plastic bottle of water and sink water. Yeah, I don't do that either. I use Brita filters and I use sink okay. water. 
so I don't buy plastic water bottles. So I also, when it comes to dryers, okay. So like, I will use it. I already knew. I already knew this. Go on. <laughs> this I'm. I, ex- I'll live through this with you when you do this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I still do it. I do believe in dryers. I will use them, but my lazy ass has a dryer that needs something done to it, and I don't like my basement because it's kind of scary, and I don't want to spend any more time down there than I have to. So instead of fixing my dryer, which is very probably easy to do. I just continue to hang dry my clothes and everything else. So when I do laundry, I run it through the washer, but then I hang dry it. Now, back in the day, I don't know if you knew this, Drew, I didn't have a washer at the apartment and I would hand wash my clothes. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah. So I used to hand wash my clothes. I have always hung dry them for the last three years. But yeah, I know that that sounds, I know my friends like Natalie, she used to say like, you sound like a pioneer woman. This is how the modern woman does laundry and send me like snapshots of the laundry mat <laughs> so i am a pioneer woman don't believe in pam i don't use a microwave but I you don't... do believe in pam you do believe in pam <laughs> <laughs> oh. you believe in buying products is what you, don't yes, believe that's in. True. you know what i don't believe in buying toilet paper <laughs> hold on hold on i use toilet paper okay i want you to <laughs> I need people to know that I use toilet paper because I know people are going to be like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I use it. I just get other people to buy it for me or I steal it. (laughs) I can't even say I can't. I, I don't have a response to that. True. Condone, we don't condone stealing corn. No, I don't steal it like from the poor people. Like, I don't. From to, work. Like, no, I don't steal it from work either because I would get fired. So I, I go when I go to like, you know, hotels or something like that. Not you rating a whole laundry card. Yeah, I, I really do. I like, you know how you go to a hotel, which are now up to like, what, 140 bucks a night or something ridiculous. So anyways, I will, I mean, I'm paying for the toilet paper at that point. So I will go and look under the sink or wherever they keep the extra toilet paper and I will pack it and I will use it. I will not take what's currently on the roll off. Like I won't just take that out and take it home, but I will take the already packaged, ready to be used toilet paper and I'll put that in my bag and I'll take it home. When we were still at Center College. We I was about to, to say, I remember when, yeah. people, like, when, people, when we got kicked off of school. Yes, so, big, yes. So Drew and I got kicked out of Center College, not because we were bad students, but because of COVID. And when we got kicked out, I was like, you know what? I think I've paid enough intuition that I can comfortably take some toilet paper home with me for when I move out of my mom's house. So I stole probably 30 plus rolls of toilet paper from Center College. Now on the record. The I know. I know. They're going to send me a bell. Get me arrested for what I did in 2020. This is a legend, right? Nobody can prove that I did this. So, you know, I'm just saying I did. It doesn't mean I did, right? It's like I could say that I stole the Declaration of Independence. Be careful what you're saying. Once <laughs> <laughs> you get arrested. That's true. Um. So I also get friends and family to buy it for me. And I will tell you that my mom is a big believer in Charmin, like specifically only wants to use Charmin. So when she comes to stay at my house, she almost always brings an entire pack of Charmin. And then I just keep it yeah. instead she of letting her want, take it she's home. Doing the, no, she's she, you letting her. She wants you yes. to live a better life. That's what she wants. 
also, I usually just use whatever people have given me or what I have stolen. You know, I am still working through the center college toilet paper because it is one ply. And I do have some nicer toilet paper that I was gifted or whatever that I use instead sometimes. I will say when I know I'm having a guest over, like if someone's going to stay the night. like the good toilet paper. <laughs> if, yeah, if you were to stay the night. I will go switch out the roll from the one ply from Center College <laughs> to the Charmin for my mother. <laughs> so I have some human decency, you know. I mean, they do teach manners out on the prime. You <laughs> got it. So I'm, you know, I'm a good, I'm a good Southern woman, you know, Southern at heart. I know how to treat my guests. I guess that's to be seen. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Drew, you've got to stay the night with me. You gotta stay the night with me at some point. See my old house. See how creaky it is. Mm-hmm. Which means there's history there. That's what we like. It's fun. Right. Well, speaking of old houses, the haunted mansion is an old house. That was it's a beautiful a- segue. <laughs> so I guess we're gonna start with the haunted mansion this time. I didn't know which one we were gonna start with, but yeah, I mean that is it was a good segue. So the haunted mansion. First, I just want to point out, just for the record, that I actually think the Haunted Mansion is quite a beautiful house, and I would live in it. <laughs> Haunted it. I was, when I was watching it, I thought, this is Coors Bob. It is. That's where yeah. I want to live. I'm about to live. I'm going to move to New Orleans, and I'm going to go by the Haunted Mansion, and I'm going to hang out with Mr. Gracie, who is not Wait, bad. Wait, is that looking. where it was set? Yes, it's set in New Orleans. I did not get that from it. Mr. Where did I, you think? I, okay, well, where do you think it was set? I mean, I'm just in the South. I didn't know a place was mentioned. Yeah. So, it well, it's, it's actually not mentioned. It's subtle. You have to look for it. So, let me, I'll pull up some receipts for you. But in the meantime, Drew, let me, let me just ask you, what did you think of the Haunted Mansion? Tell me how you felt. Oh, yes. Well, well first, let's set our experience on the Haunted Mansion here because okay. it's different than our, it may be different than our normal dynamic. So, in this case, it is. I had never seen Haunted Mansion before. I knew it existed, obviously. I knew that was in it. I'd seen it around, but never had never seen the movie going forward. Mm-hmm. And that, I believe that was your experience, Cor. I My experience was the opposite. I have seen that movie so many times, and it is actually one of my favorite movies. I've always loved The Haunted Mansion. I don't remember. I would have been five years old when it came out, so I don't remember watching it the very first time I watched it, but I remember watching it a lot over the years. And I will tell you all for a fact that every Halloween I watch it and I always make a point to watch it because it is just such a cool movie to me. And it's such a nostalgic movie for me, which is another reason that I thought it might be good for this podcast. Yeah. Okay. So what did you think? I thought it was a good movie. Ah. Uh, movie. I, did, I really liked it. Um, then the, let's see, it felt more like a... It's hard to describe, but it felt like a Christmas movie, but for Halloween. Like, not like it felt like a Christmas movie, like the vibes, but like how a Christmas movie makes you feel around Christmas time is how that movie felt like it was Halloween. Like, it wasn't like a horror movie. It wasn't a scary movie, but it was a Halloween spirit. If that makes sense. Not really, Drew. I'm not, I'm not really tracking it. No, I, I mean, I have, I guess, a set of movies. I showed you that list that I watch every Halloween. Right. So maybe that's why, like, yes, this is something that I'm like, I think of Halloween when I watch it and it makes me feel fall at Halloweeny. So maybe that's what you're trying to say. 
No, like, no, because I had those movies as well. But, like, the vibe of Halloween movie that this is felt like it had the spirit of a Halloween movie in it, in that it wasn't a horror movie, but it, like, I don't know. I, I don't have nostalgic vibes for it. But, mm. like, the kind of, like, the Christmas movies that I watch around Christmas time, it felt that way. Like, I can see. The same vibes were there for me not having a history with it. If mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I, don't know how to, I don't know how to describe it. Mm -hmm. I still don't get it, but that's okay. We can move on. <laughs> the listeners uh, will understand. The listeners you, you know, will. You can only hope. You can only hope. The listeners are like my mother and my coworkers. So we'll let, I'll let you know. I'll let you know what they say. Um, okay. So just jumping right in. Um. I want to tell you a little bit about the Haunted Mansion and then we can actually like go into the movie. So the okay. Haunted Mansion was made in 2003, which I had mentioned that because I was five years old. It was made by Disney, as you should know by now, because you probably watched it on Disney Plus. I do, unless, yes. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, unless you pirated it. It is a comedy and it is rated PG, which I would say is a pretty fair rating because it has a couple cuss words, but I don't know. It makes me wonder if nowadays it would be rated like PG-13 instead or something. But I don't know. I think mm, it's the same funny. movie in with modern rankings. I think it would. Well, still PG. Maybe even if on the G or side. I don't even think it would be a PG-13 in modern times. I don't think so because I feel like nowadays more and more movies are getting rated worse and worse. Like it's becoming more and more conservative, which I don't know. I, I understand, but I don't understand if that makes sense. But anyway, where that's not that's not what we're talking about here. <laughs> oh, so. It brought home $75.8 million in the box office in 2003. Now, here, this was shocking to me, okay? I had no idea. It is not a well-liked movie. It was actually quite hated at the time that it came out. It only has a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 31% by the audience. Wow. And it is actually, like, most people do not like it. And I read, a, read it because I was, like, trying to Google this and figure it out. Because I was five. I have no memory of people not liking it. And one of the Reddits said something about like, well, Pirates of the Caribbean came out the same year, earlier the same year, and that, you know, they just didn't compete well. So I actually mentioned this to my mom earlier because I figured she would remember. And she said she does remember people not liking it. And she thought it was because, yes, Pirates did come out the same year, but she thinks it's more about how, you know, I mean, I'm assuming you've seen Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh my God! It's, it's in oh. the list. It's in the list of stuff oh. that's going to be on this eventually. Oh. But no, actually, yeah, I haven't seen a single part of the Caribbean movie. <laughs> oh no! Oh God, Drew! Oh no! Okay, well, this is going to mean nothing to you. But Pirates of the Caribbean is a fantastic movie. It is so good. Pirates of the Caribbean is iconic in more ways than I can even count. I mean, just the music, the score alone is so famous and so well known and then the fact that the franchise is so big and went on to make like what five movies or something like that like maybe yeah. four i don't remember how many movies and they have just so much okay well anyway pirates came out the same year it came out i believe in like july and haunted mansion came out in november which is kind of funny like it's a halloween movie you would think they would release right. it Oh, but just a little earlier, yeah. Right, but no, they, they released it in uh, November, but that's fine. You know, I mean, they do that sometimes. Like, actually, this year, Haunted Mansion, the new Haunted Mansion came out, what, June, July? Yeah. So, 
which I might touch on that a little bit. So this is going to be spoilers for the old Haunted Mansion and maybe some slight spoilers for the new Haunted Mansion, but we'll we'll go back to that. And this movie was not well-liked, my mom believes, because, and like I said, source is Mama Jan. So if y'all don't like it, you can go after her. <laughs> the source says that people thought Pirates was a really, really good movie and that Haunted Mansion was too weak and that it was a story with a lot of plot holes and that it just didn't really live up to the expectation that Disney had set that year by releasing Pirates. I personally, just to jump kind of to the end, there is like a heaven and hell aspect, as you know. Yeah. And I think it also could have been people didn't like that. You know, some people, most people are Christian. Most people are probably okay with that, but some people may not have liked it. So I don't know. I think that could have been an issue. I don't view what my mom says as plot holes as plot holes, but also this is a movie from my childhood and I'm probably willing to overlook a lot because I've just, I like it. You know, it's nostalgic. It feels good. It's lighthearted. It's funny, you know? Mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe it is full of plot holes. But to me, I didn't really think it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't know. That was my first time viewing. I didn't notice. I don't think I clocked any major plot holes in it. So Yeah. Well, so fun fact, it is based on the ride. So the ride came I, I knew that. And I was wondering, I figured you'd have the answer to this. I was wondering how much of it, how much of the ride comes through on the movie. Because I knew it was based on that yeah. first. So I will say I've never been to Disneyland. Okay, so Disneyland came first in California and they had it first. Disney World built their own Haunted Mansion. I have ridden that one, but I have not ridden Disneyland's Haunted Mansion, but I've seen videos. For me personally, I feel like the new Haunted Mansion fits really well with what I've seen in videos of the Disneyland Haunted Mansion, the 2023. For me, what I've seen in videos, now I've never been on it, but what I've seen, those look like they pair really well. The Haunted Mansion Disney World, I feel like pairs better with the old 2003 Haunted Mansion. Yeah, that makes sense. But, I mean, like I said, I have never been to California, so I could be talking on my ass right now. But, you know, for me, that's that's how I viewed them. And actually, the movie tells you it was based on the ride because Mm -hmm. it says in the opening credits based on Disney's The Haunted Mansion, which is the ride. So speaking of the opening credits, the opening credits... I feel like if you're paying attention, basically tell you the whole story. But my mom disagrees. She says that, you know, it, it does. It still leaves you some mystery. But I mean, did you really pay attention when you were watching the opening credits? You by in the opening credits, like the scenes of it showing like the masquerade yeah. dance and the party. You, and all you that. could call it a montage. Yeah, that's kind of a montage. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like flashing between different. Yeah, with music. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So did you watch the montage? Did you really watch it? Yes, and because that's when I I know I watched it first. And I was like, "Ooh, this." Cause, okay, again, going in, I had no concept of what the story was going to be about at all. Though I will say, I thought I don't know why I thought this. I think it was because I have played a lot of Disney like games and a lot of Disney books, and I thought that what's her face, Leota, was going to be the evil person of mm. the movie. I thought that that's what the story was. That's what mm. my perception going. In. I thought she was evil. Like, I obviously, that was not the vibe yeah. as we went through, but I was, I don't know why I thought that. I don't know, because I I really, I read the Keeping Keepers books when we were younger, and I, like, played Kingdom Hearts and all that. I don't know where I got the perception that she was the villain of the movie, but that's what I was going in. I was like, I know her. I thought she was the villain, and then she wasn't. So when it started on that montage of them in the masquerade and everything, I wrote down in my notes. I was like, we love a Halloween masquerade. 
<laughs> when it started doing that, I was like, oh, this is interesting. So then I didn't think it gave anything away. I mean, it set up the scene of it being in the, like, whatever happened to the dance when you know, she dies. Like, it set all that up. But the big plot that was important from that, I didn't think it gave anything away from it. I feel like it does because if you're paying attention, you can see that there's poison put into the drink. Now, my mom argues, because I actually talked about this with her as well. She argues that, oh, well, by the way, if you did pick up on it, it's we're supposed to believe that Elizabeth commits suicide. And it's not that she just died and that we are to believe that she poisoned herself. And I was like, but who poisons themselves? Like, right. I don't know. Yeah. May- right, yeah. I thought that maybe. Odd, yeah. Maybe that's just like me, like thinking like, you know, if I was going to, you know, end myself, I probably would not choose to you know poison myself i would probably choose a lot of other ways to do it so i don't know but that's just me it also was allegedly the olden days the dark ages whatever 1800s so maybe there were very limited ways that she felt she could have done it now obviously she didn't kill herself but you know you know so I also really, really like that opening scene. And I will say, I feel like when I was younger, I never paid a lot of attention to it. And it wasn't until a year or two ago when I was watching it as an adult again for Halloween. And I was like, huh, wow, that really just kind of tells you everything, you know? Now, I guess you're right. It does set the scene. And I have prior knowledge. Like, I know that Ramsley yeah. was the killer. Right. But, you know, if you don't know, it is probably kind of like, hmm, what's happening here? And I actually, for the most part, Watching this again, I was really impressed. Like, I feel like the CGI and the special effects. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, they stand up to time really well. Until the very, like, last, like, five-ish, five to ten-ish minutes, like, the last section. Like, I feel like they used everything up. But building up to that throughout the movie, I was impressed. I'm not going to lie. I I think that's that Disney money at work right there is what I was thinking. I know. Well, what's I think it's yes, it was Disney money, and God knows how much money they spent on it at the time, right? Because it was 2003, and CGI was sort of newer. So, like, who knows how much it costs to make it like that? But I think it's the way they did it is why it stands up to time so well. It looks still really crisp and clear and good and believable. It's not like that hokey, transparent, ghosty looking stuff. It is like genuinely like that could be a ghost. I'm not surprised. And then like the people in the mausoleum the skeletons coming to life again so it's time pretty well i feel like and then honestly the little orb of elizabeth going around again stands up time really well all the floating instruments and stuff that happen later and like the floating candelabra like again i think stands up the time well i agree the heaven thing looks a little hokey like the hell thing was actually not that bad i think it actually looks okay no i was referencing specifically the very last scene where they're driving off into the distance that was trashy yeah you know i told them i was looking at my mom and i was like why did they choose to cgi the car why didn't they just right. get a car <laughs> oh, how hard could it have been just to get a car i actually have i thought they were on the road to the florida keys my mom thinks that they were on a road that's in louisiana somewhere that connects some of the smaller like islands and stuff together but i thought it looked more like the florida keys road but you know who knows Disney knows, but who knows? <laughs> so in the beginning, that little opening is really important. It sets up the story. It's really good. And I also really like it because I think it stands the CGI test of like, it looks good today still. The next scene that immediately follows is that little boy who's like handing out the flyers or whatever for the gym and Sarah for the realty company. Do you remember that? He goes up yes. to the gate. Yes. And 
the ghost of which you should now know is Ramsley. You probably didn't know at the time which ghost that was, but yeah. it's Ramsley, you know, like knocks him over and he right. drops all the flyers. So when you when he drops all the flyers, I'm going to play this for you, Drew. We don't really need sound because there's not a whole lot of things happening. But when you watch, he drops the flyers, he grabs his bike and he runs off and we pan down to the flyers. I'm going to try and like angle it so you can see this better. You can see it's Jim and Sarah. Now, if I pause it, you can see that it says New Orleans. It's a little oh. fuzzy up there. Yeah, but it says, see, too much, too much minuscule detail. Would have never got. <laughs> and it actually has like an actual address. I never even tried to see if that address works for New Orleans, but it has a zip code and everything. Like it's an actual New Orleans. And I don't know if you noticed later in the movie, well, when they first roll up to the Haunted Mansion, we get a good view of the BMW's license plate on the front, and it says Louisiana. I mean, if you're going to go, you got to commit. Right. I know. So I was like, they're really like, they're actually selling it. Like, I actually believe we're in Louisiana right now. From there, we see that basically Jim is this workaholic as a realtor. Now, he owns the company with his wife, Sarah, and their last name is Evers. And they have the cutest little tagline. You know, you'll be happy for Evers and Evers with Evers and Evers. Isn't that cute? Yes. <laughs> you don't agree. That hesitation. You were like, okay. I mean, it was cute. What else are you going to do with it? I'm yes. dead. I don't know. I feel like if I had a realtor, because I have worked with a realtor now, I feel like if I had a realtor that was like, Evers and Evers, well, you'll be happy for Evers and Evers. I'd be like, oh, that's cute. On the top, well, you're probably about to go into the, but on that same topic of when we get him in a workaholic and you meet their, his clients or the people he set nice clients, but the, that couple in the town. Yeah, at the tiki bar? Oh, no, no, not in the tiki, first in the house. Like when okay. he's showing them a house or trying to sell yes. them a house. So, and he's yes. trying to convince them that it's the one they want. Yes. Yeah, not the people whose house he's selling, but the people he's selling too. Yes. He's showing the house too. That, <laughs> first off, I I think I, I meant to look up if the actress was who I thought she was, but I think she's from Lucifer, the show. She is familiar. Now, I've seen this movie a lot, but I also think she's in something else, but I'd have to look it up. Possibly, probably. And she may not be from Lucifer. When I saw her, I thought, Linda, is that you? But <laughs> um, there was a line that the hus that husband says, and it killed me. He goes, I know what I like. And she says, would you like a divorce? <laughs> I love this movie. I think some of the lines in this movie are so iconic, which is another reason that I'm so surprised that people are like, oh, yeah, it's not that good. Like, it is funny. And Eddie Murphy delivers lines in such a way that it's always funny, no matter what. The line could be poor. The line could be so poor. And I feel like he just has that way of delivering it that is so funny yeah. that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's why Eddie Murphy was such a huge comedic actor during this time, because he was so good at it. It is funny, too, how he was like, this house has too many or not enough plugs. But the other house, the stairs were wrong. The stairs were <laughs> like, I don't know. I thought that was funny. Also, I think it's very clever that when he's on the phone with his wife, he's like, oh, yeah, this house is still available. Yes. I was very clever. That was smooth. Yeah, it's coming right off of Eddie Murphy's. Like, when I was watching it, I heard it as donkey from shrek just because that's uh, what i associate his voice with but then yeah that was just i looked up the timeline of that and shrek what one did came he... out in 2001 shrek 2 mm. came out in 2004 so that's mm. like in between but yeah that was, I feel like he was like really got really popular from, well, from shrek but... so 
honestly, I'd have to ask my mom what she thinks, but I honestly think he's the most popular at this time from Coming to America. Have you ever heard of that movie? Never, we've never seen it. <laughs> it's an adult comedy. It's not meant for kids mm. at all. Uh, maybe it's maybe a kid could watch it. I don't know how a kid would. I don't know what a kid would think of it. But Coming to America, I think. Don't don't quote me on this, but I want to say somebody's trying to remake it right now, where they did try to. Make, I don't know, but it's about a a guy who Eddie Murphy's playing him. He's the main character. He's the prince of a wealthy African country and wants for nothing except a wife who will love him in spite of his title. To escape an arranged marriage, he flees to America accompanied by his persnickety sidekick and to find his queen. He's disguised as a foreign student working in fast food, and he romances a lady who struggles with revealing his true identity to her and his marital intentions to her and his father, basically. So it's it was a comedy from, it says it was made in... 1988 1988 so he was real young here's the poster title or poster of it and he was very popular after this movie in 1988 i don't know what he did between this movie and shrek but a lot i know he did a lot i don't know when dr doolittle came out but he also was big for dr doolittle yeah so eddie murphy let's just look up eddie murphy's timeline while we're doing this then because He's done a lot. And honestly, I was kind of surprised that his career fizzled out a little bit because he uh, he still could be funny. Okay, so he did Beverly Hills Cop. I forgot about that. That was even more popular. That was 1984. That was somewhat serious, if not serious completely. I have seen that. It has a really good soundtrack. Then he did Coming to America. He also did The Nutty Professor in 1996. Have you ever seen that? Yep. So The Nutty Professor, here's the poster for it. Ooh. Oh yeah, he's wearing he's wearing a fat suit, and he's a brilliant and obese scientist, uh, and he invents a miraculous weight loss solution. And then he also did, as we both said, Shrek, and he was Norbit. Do you remember Norbit? The name sounds familiar. It came out in two thousand seven. He did Coming to America too. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of when I say that he did another Coming to America movie because there's a second one. And it was made in 2021. Okay, so I was right. Somebody did remake it, essentially. He's in Dr. Doolittle. That was from 1998. He did The Haunted Mansion, as we just watched. He did Trading Places in 1983, which, God, I love that movie. It's so good. He did Harlem Nights in 1989, which is super popular. And then he was in Mulan, remember, as Bushu. That was 1998. That's the other thing he was in in 1998. And then he has a lot of other things that I'm less familiar with. For example... Life from 1999, Eddie Murphy Raw, Eddie Murphy Delirious. Those are probably his stand-up. Mr. Church, which in 2016, Boomerang from 1992. I don't think I've seen that. 48 Hours from 1982. I don't think I've seen that either. They made a lot more Beverly Hills cop movies. So he was in those. He was also in the follow-ups to The Naughty Professors and The Dr. Doolittles. He was in Daddy Daycare. And now that I say that, I actually I do remember that. He was in... Dolomite is my name, which I remember when that came out. That's a 2019 movie, but I never saw it. So I need to go see it. And then he was in, apparently he's in Elemental. Apparently. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. It's on my list. I haven't seen it either. My mom said she was going to see it or she did see it. I have to ask her which. And all the other Shrek stuff that they have continued to make, he's in and does. So I think 
maybe he just transitioned into more of like voice acting or something, which is yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. But he has great screen. Like when he's on screen, he's great to watch. So I am a little disappointed, I guess, that he's not a bigger actor as he was and still on screen as often because I feel like he's a great like I just love to watch him, you know. I'm the opposite. I like to hear him. Well, I mean, I like to watch him too, but his voice <laughs> is more iconic too. So it I is iconic. Say. He has a very recognizable voice, just like uh, Christian. Is it Christian Nolan? Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. Is that his name? Ooh, what are we talking about? I don't know names. I know voices. We already Chris. So for Nolan. No, that is not who I'm thinking of. What is the voice you're thinking of? <laughs> is, it, is it Christopher Walken? Yes, Christopher Walken. He has a very noticeable voice. You would know if it's Christopher Walken. Here, let me see if I can find a video of Christopher Walken talking because you would know his voice. The other guy who has a very super recognizable voice is Gilbert Godfrey, and he died, unfortunately. You would know him too. He's the bird, Iago. In, yeah, yeah. He's a very recognizable voice, but so does Christopher Walken. Like, he's one of the people that people do an impression of. Like, he is very he has a very iconic voice i'm surprised you don't you must not have seen anything he's in have you seen catch me if you can no but i mean like uh-huh. I, said, I recognize his face i know him that from is, something he's in pulp fiction he's in sleepy hollow he's in catch me if you can he's in click he's in batman returns he's in dune which just came out he's in wedding crashers he's in hairspray like the one with john travolta he's in the war with grandpa you said the one with john travolta and not the one with zach efron <laughs> yeah zach efron too <laughs> he's in the new jungle book like the one they made real live action he's in kr jack he's in peter pan live <laughs> he's in ants which i don't remember him in ants but i'm sure if i watched it again i would hear it and i would be like oh yeah that's him he's in wayne's world too he's in yeah, he's in a lot of things, but his most famous, at least for me, is Catch Me If You Can. But we need to digress back to the Haunted Mansion because this is going way off topic. All right. So back to the Haunted Mansion. I showed you where it pointed out that it's New Orleans, but most of the beginning is unimportant. I will say it sets up the scene that like Jim is constantly chasing money and is not really worried about his family. Like he he loves his family. Obviously we learn a lot more, more later, but he's not prioritizing them. He's more prioritizing money. And actually there's a line later, it's kind of funny, where he's talking to, I believe, his daughter. And he says, I just want you guys to have a better life than I did. And she goes, yeah. I didn't think you had a bad childhood. He said, I didn't. She's like, then why do we need to have a better life than you? He was like, don't turn my words against me, you little 13 year old. Who so, speaks Latin? who speaks latin which my mom and i discussed the amount of money that they make must be good because one yes they have a nice house but we do kind of feel like maybe they could have had a nicer house but he has a bmw the kids probably go to private school i mean she's 13 years old she's been taking latin for three years she's got to be in private school and then they have she his wife has nice jewelry he has nice jewelry they have nice clothes like they're spending their money on what seems like private education, nice clothes, nice cars, things like that, and not on like vacations or maybe not a huge house. And maybe that's just something like they're going to build up to buy their mansion or right. waiting until they inherit their mansion. But, you know, either way, I still think their house is pretty nice. It's quite large. So 
The only thing I really want to point out in the beginning that's prior to them rolling up to the mansion is the scene where he is talking with his wife and then goes upstairs to check on the kids after he tells her, like, oh, we're going to go on a vacation this weekend to the lake. And his son is screaming. And he's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And it's because there's a spider. Because yes. that comes back later. Now, yeah. I will say the funniest line in the sequence is when He's like, we just grab a magazine. doesn't matter which magazine, which I was like, oh, remember the days when we just had magazines in our house? You never had magazines in your house? I was never a magazine person, like, like in any respect of like, even though I was waiting somewhere, like in the waiting room, they had magazines. I would rather just stare at the wall. Wow. We have magazines. Anyways, I just think it's funny that he has Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition in his room and he's 10 and his dad's like if you're old enough to have this you're old enough to kill your own kill spider, spider. Uh, which i'm like you know what as much as i'm like it's that kind of shit you're not wrong like you're you're not wrong so anyways he tells him to be a man and kill the spider and whack the spider and he's saying i don't want to whack the spider so the sister comes in and kills it for him and i feel like that's important because we start to get the idea that the sister is extremely brave which is also going to come up later because the sister she ain't afraid of shit. She will like, whatever you want, I got you. You know, yeah. she's a go-getter. She is. Love to see it. If she was a real character, a real person in real life, she's going to go, I don't know, do something crazy one day, like influential in that world. Like that's that's what she's going to do. So anyways, we get the phone call from Ramsley inviting them to come see the house. And Eddie Murphy has to convince his wife to go, but they end up going. They say that it's a detour, 20 minutes tops. And I like that because they, they bring that back. back. Yeah, several times throughout the movie. So they get to the house and they can't get in. And my mom pointed out, and I didn't even notice this, but her suit in the car looks orange. But then they get out of the car at the gate and it looks pink. I think it was just the lighting. Yeah, but lighting. some people, as I said, thought there were plot holes. Maybe they thought she changed outfits and they just missed it or something. So they get out. They go to the mansion. And it's locked while the ghosts unlock the door, essentially, and unlock the gate. And they roll on up and they go in and they're looking around and they see the backyard and they see that it's full of graves. And I thought that it was really cute that the kids are all like standing there talking about like, oh, my God, you're going to sell a house that has graves in the back. I think that's like it was a really clever, nice little sequence. And again, I feel like that's person that Eddie Murphy can make anything just like but his delivery is always funny. I don't even think that line was supposed to be funny. The whole there's dead people in the backyard. But the way he said it was funny to me, you know. So I feel like that just further proves my point that Eddie Murphy can make anything funny. So can Donkey. I'm sure. So can Donkey. All right. So they knock on the door. They go inside. They meet the butler now they're talking about how gorgeous this house is which obviously i think it's gorgeous too i would live there and they meet the butler and he's all like oh well i thought you were coming alone mrs evers and she's like oh you know we couldn't really <laughs> we're going on a <laughs> trip and my husband and so we even came here in the first place so we're here and ramsley's like okay whatever well we'll just go ahead and take you on back and we'll do like dinner with the master and that's when mr gracie pops in and he says which is, I find very interesting that this is what he opens with because I'm like, he genuinely really does believe this is Elizabeth this whole entire time. Sarah is commenting about how she's never seen a fireplace quite like that. And he said, haven't you? That is his first line in the entire movie is, haven't you? Because she would recognize it if it was um, Elizabeth. Right. So then they sit down, they have dinner and Ramsley announces that, you know, 
in the meantime, while they've been there having dinner, talking about, you know, does Jim believe in ghosts, et cetera? And he says, like, maybe let's not focus on the ghosts. Let's focus on the number of toilets in the house. <laughs> <laughs> that sells house, not ghosts. Uh, he says the river has swollen and overtaken the road to the point where they're not going to be able to leave. And Sarah's pissed, obviously. And that yeah. makes sense because they were supposed to have their weekend at the lake. Right. And they were supposed to have family time and have their little adventure at the lake. Now, I will say they're having an adventure. They just don't right. know it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it still could be an adventure. Like she could, they could spun it. And worst case, what? Worst case scenario, they're going to like disregarding everything that happens. Worst case scenario, they get to spend the evening in a fancy mansion for free. Mm-hmm. I know. To which I said, this house is beautiful a million and a half times. You know, my ass would be in there like, oh my God, <laughs> I cannot wait to sleep here tonight. It's served by the butler and like Eddie Murphy even later on. Like so after while Sarah and Jim are fighting, Ramsley shows up and essentially coaxes Jim out of the room. Now at the time, you don't really know that. You really do make believe like he's just going to go meet with Mr. Gracie. But in retrospect, when you look back, you realize that he is being coaxed out of the room so that Ramsley can separate all of the family from each other so he can isolate Sarah and make her Elizabeth basically, right? So we kind of see that you know, Jim is kind of enjoying the life of richness with the butler because he's in the parlor talking to Ramsley and he's like, I could get used to this. You know, I say, move on. And he just goes on, you know, and then Ramsley is like clearly tolerating that shit, you know, he is not about it. And he even says later, like, I could not have listened to another word from him. Well, and then it was at this point too, that I was thinking like, it needs to occur to him. Like, what if she had come by herself? Like they'd wanted to. Then she would have been straight into the overnight. Like that hasn't crossed his mind, obviously. But mm-hmm. had they not win? And of course, they don't know the length as to which, like at this point, no one knows the length of which they're about to go. But just imagine like haunting aside, if she had went yeah. by herself, she would have been oh, staying yeah. at this house. Well, uh, the they would never have, they never would have known what happened to her. They just would have right. found her body and they would have been like, oh, she was murdered here. And that would have been it. That's all they would have known. It would have been evers and evers is now evers just him and the kids and they would have forever been traumatized because their mom just suddenly was murdered out of nowhere and they never would have known and lo and behold it was ghosts so this is obviously in the point in the movie where it starts to get really interesting because eddie murphy's snooping around and he finds the little trap door and like a dumb white person would do i'm kind of surprised he did it he goes behind the walls and starts hanging out I would have to. I mean, I'm not going to deny it. I, I, it pops open. I would have went right back in there, too. I will say, I don't know if I would have. I probably would have peeked in, but I probably would have stayed out of it because I'm a little scary cat. I would have felt a lot more comfortable going in if somebody was with me, you know? So he goes in. And in the meantime, the kids are kind of, you know, bumbling about their room. And they see the ghost ball, which is the first real CGI effect, I feel like, in this whole movie. And that's where I was like, wow, like the CGI holds up. That's the first time I thought about that. So, Drew, when you first saw the little ghost ball, like, what did you think? I didn't think it was going to, I did not think it was going to take the turn that it did. I just thought it was going to be the first occurrence of a ghost. Like, mm-hmm. you, like a cute little, like, not, well, cute little nod to what hauntings is. Because if you think about a haunted house, spectral orbs are like a thing, you know. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, this is just playing into that. And then. It goes along. It was later, like before it revealed that that's who, it was her. 
I didn't like, I thought I saw where that was going, but at this point specifically, I was like, oh, well, that's just a cute little haunting, haunting, they're playing trope they're playing into with it. So I personally feel like I didn't know it was her. I don't think the first time I watched it, but I obviously was five years old. So I don't know what I knew, but I feel like watching this later, one of the potential plot holes that I could pick out is this kind of like, why does she have to have the truth revealed to be able to be set free? Mm. My mom said that that was like a theme from ghost stories from like the 30s and 40s. Right. So it was like an older kind of way of doing it, an older story kind of deal. And, you know, when you say it like that, I don't question it as much. And I also can write it off as maybe like Ramsley clearly has a lot of power as a ghost and maybe he's holding her back you know maybe he's keeping her away from gracie because i'm just thinking she's been in this house this whole entire time and no and one has orbit yeah no <laughs> this bitch hasn't said one time she hasn't said boom one time to gracie you know well and that also reminded me of of the plot hole i thought of when i was watching it which i can say now or i can wait till the it no go ahead go with it now yeah okay how did this curse get laid up on them? Who cursed them? Did they have okay. to stay? I feel like it's Ramsley. I really do. Now, my mom but, also pointed out, like, yes. why does why does Ramsley have so much power? Why is he That's true too. Yes. such Boston, a, like, so... strong ghost? Yes. And I told her sometimes, you know, there's that concept of, like, if there's a hateful person in life, that they are a vengeful spirit in death, right? And sometimes sure. there is that concept of, like, the vengeful spirit, the longer they sit and brew the stronger they get. Because again, why does he have the power to keep everyone? Why does he have the power to potentially protect the house from any kind of damage? Like when Eddie Murphy's trying to get back in Break later, in. Yeah. It, he can't get in, so that's why he has to drive his car through. And then why does he have the power to open the gates of hell, which he clearly has never done before because he immediately gets pulled into hell. You know, right. like, where did all this come from? And the only thing I can fathom, other than he genuinely is some sort of demon, is that he is just a vengeful spirit. And he was so hateful in life that, you know, he was hateful in death too, I guess. Well, see, and then, well, I first thought of maybe it was him. But then I thought, well, then why are they all still there? Because he clearly wants to get out and go. So at what point, so yes, he kills her. And then homeboy kills himself out of of a broken heart. Mm -hmm. And then everyone in the house is just chilling. Because they're always stuck. Mm-hmm. So, like, how'd this curse get in there? How'd the curse get in this? Who cursed them? I don't know. I think the curse came about when Ramsley poisoned Elizabeth. I really I mean, that would make that's... sense. That would make sense on him. Yes. But, but his, you're right. His punishment for himself for killing. But no one mm-hmm. else did anything. But it's when the ma- when the master moves on is when they can all, when they all get to move on. Well, so... you know, with, like, Elizabeth and Gracie, let's just assume that they were, they, they died too young and too heartbroken or whatever to with Elizabeth too young. And before she was about to do the best thing in her whole entire life, which was Mary Gracie. And then with Gracie, he died too heartbroken. Let's assume that they couldn't have moved on anyway. Okay. Let's just pretend that they're stuck. Those two are stuck. Yes. Unfinished business. So then that leaves Ramsley. Ramsley would have died potentially next. He looks kind of older, you know, as the ghost anyway. So maybe he dies next in the house. So when he dies, if we assume he's the one who caused the curse in the first place, and that he is such a vengeful spirit that he's strong enough to withhold everybody else there too. That must be why. Because there's no other logical that. explanation that makes sense that why everyone else is also trapped there, like you pointed out, and what the curse came from, and like who put the curse on. And you know, you say Ramsey wants to leave, but I don't 
I don't know. Ramsey wants to leave, but I think he's still more concerned about keeping Elizabeth and Gracie apart than Great. anything else. I genuinely believe that's his number one priority still, even in death. Okay. But, but that does lay into my reasoning of why I thought Leona was evil. Because I was like, oh, she has mystic powers. She's the one that mm-hmm. cursed them. That's where I thought it was going in it too. Continue. Yeah, and I can see that. And Leota looks like she would be evil because she's greener. Right. Like typically, green is a sign of like jealousy, greed, whatever. Well, and it's and not... in Disney movies, Disney movies, green is evil. We have scars. Yes, you've got Maleficent. Maleficent. You've got all green is yeah. evil. Yeah, if... you're right. I know. I agree. I agree. I think they went away from that later, but I think early right. Disney. Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, even Shrek, because Shrek is green. Now, that's not Disney. That's, I guess that's DreamWorks. But Shrek is green, and he's an ogre, and, like, allegedly he's evil. But then we find out he's this, you know, cuddly, soft-hearted dude, right? So, <laughs> not me calling Shrek cuddly. Listen, here, comes, here comes the man crush. Oh, no, Rams. no. No, honestly, no. I really, I understand that, like, some people love to actually do have a thing for Shrek. That is never something that I've ever really actually genuinely crossed into that territory. That is not, that is not something that I'm that I'm into. <laughs> We're, let's all be honest. It's Ramsley, isn't it? <laughs> oh, you got me. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I will say that actor, the way he portrayed Ramsley, 10 out of 10. Loved the voice. Loved the acting. He really, like, he was kind of scary and creepy. He really came off well. When we go back to the plot of the Haunted Mansion, the kids have gone out following the orb. <laughs> Eddie Murphy or Jim has gone into the walls and is kind of trying to figure his way out of the walls. Sarah now exits the room and she sees the maid. This is the first time that we run into her. She is important later. She and the guy that I assume is kind of like her boyfriend who is some sort of other employee of the house. Because like they kind of have boyfriend, girlfriend vibes or like wife, husband vibes, you know. So um, she runs into them, chases them down the hall, asking them if they know where her husband is and runs into Ramsley who then takes her to Gracie. And at that point, we now know that Gracie and Eddie Murphy were not actually supposed to be getting together. And in reality, they Eddie Murphy, because otherwise Gracie would have been looking for Jim, right? You know, so we can kind of start to see something funny is happening here. And at this point, this is when Gracie starts putting the moves on with Miss Sarah over here. I mean, just just look at that face. He is... <laughs> He's like, hey there, little mama. <laughs> there is one thing that I found unrealistic. Oh, in... one thing. One thing. <laughs> this is the most glaringly unrealistic thing for me. And it's when he's telling Sarah the story of his quote unquote grandfather, which is his story. Right. And tells her about how his grandfather hung himself in grief. In the scene where you like get the shot of the rafters above with the body hanging, there are no rafters. He looks like he's like hanging from just the ceiling, like as if there was going to be a light fixture there. How did he get up there? Right. And what is he hanging from? And I will say, as awful as it sounds, when I told my mom this, she was like, where there's a will, there's a way. So... What's funny is that they spend a lot of time kind of building up like each character and which way they're going, if that makes sense. And like showing you like the conversations that are happening between each character or all the little. I feel like it's solid, probably almost 15, 20 minutes of just following each of these characters separately. Yeah. Yeah. And we get to see Eddie Murphy go answer a telephone, which you're at somebody else's house. Why would you answer the phone? He answers the phone 
And then casually looks in the mirror and then sees what he would look like if he was dead. Breaks out. Well, I guess before that, he's watching the door breathe. Goes to the door that's breathing. Like, at this point, like, he's just really trying not to believe something's happening. Like, he is really trying not to. And in fact, later he is too because he says something to his kids when he does finally, like, run into the kids again after he sees himself in the mirror and they find the kids meet also the scullery maid and the other dude and they all find each other. He's like, ah, daddy's hallucinating. We got to go. It was the chicken. The chicken was bad. And that's when the lady's like, the chicken was not bad. (laughs) Don't you just want my chicken like that? (laughs) So when we jump forward again, I kind of skipped Madame Leota. So when we got to meet Madame Leota, she's in her little green ball and she traps Eddie Murphy in the room, spins him around the room and bangs a bunch of tamarines in his face, basically, and tells him something about a curse. Now, in the beginning of the movie, and from this point on, she is speaking only in rhymes. Right. I thought it was hilarious that later in the movie, when they come out of the mausoleum, she come, he's complaining to her about how, like, I thought you said I just had to get the tea. And she goes, look, man, I don't know. I just work here. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was that iconic. Was a good one. That was a good one. You're right. And I actually feel like she's, as I mentioned, I might kind of touch into the new movie. She's written a lot better. Like, her lines are funnier in this movie. The mm-hmm. other movie, Jamie Lee Curtis does do a good job. I do like that actress, but I just feel like she's not really given the same kind of characterization that this Madame Leota is given. They're right. also very different because this Madame Leota is gypsy. Mm-hmm. Like, they actually call her a gypsy, which yeah. I have heard is a derogatory term. And the other Madame Leota is like this well-renowned psychic that got trapped in the glass ball mm-hmm. instead of is just in there, which we never really know why right. this Madame Leota is in the ball. We can just kind of assume she wants to be, you know, maybe. A curse. You can assume it's all in the same curse, I guess, technically. Okay. Stretch it. But then why is she not released from the ball when the curse is lifted? Fair. Fair so, cool. and then all the other ghosts go to heaven, but homegirl's like, nah, I'm going to say. No, at that point, she, she, was, she was here for a good time at that point. Like, I, I like these people. <laughs> <laughs> They're my family now. I'm their family now. Yeah, because they, they're in the back of the truck, remember? Or in the back of the minivan at yeah. the end of the movie. She's talking and they're like, Mom, Dad, Leota won't shut up. Yeah, she wanted to see the world. She was like, I've been in this house too long. Let's go. <laughs> That's right. I wonder how old she is. Like, what if she was there when Gracie was still alive? What if yeah. she's just been there this whole time? What if she's like, I don't know. what? How old do you think she could be? Like, how far back do you think she could go? I don't know. I started to say she would be, I I would assume she would have, like, say, died around the same time as them. That's also assuming she died. She could have just yeah. been trapped in the crystal ball. Yeah, what if back she's then, never, anyway. what if she was never alive? What if right. she's not even human? Exactly. That's why I was I like, don't know. Mm-hmm. But they call her a gypsy, so that implies humanity. I don't know. That's, that's wild. I think we got a little too deep with that because we don't even have the answer. <laughs> <laughs> we're asking questions we're not going to get answers to. Right. So then this next part, when he is telling them he doesn't want to do something, I they made it a reference because he's they, he knows they're ghosts. And he says, no way, Casper. And I was mm. like, well, I didn't know Casper came out before this. Apparently, Casper came out in the 90s. Yeah. Which I know you've never seen Casper. No, I, th- I have seen it. I thought about it more. I, I haven't watched it. I mean, I haven't watched it recently, but I did see it several times when I was younger. Okay, because I was was like, I mean, it's going to go over your head, but, you know. No, I know who Casper is. (laughs) But also, after that, they go out 
like they he says how are you even supposed to get out of the house if you can't get out because the doors are all locked etc which they're not really locked at this point i don't really know why they had to make this whole ordeal about it but the guy is like well there's always my way and they just bust out the wall Mm -hmm. in the little Mm -hmm. carriage and then you've seen the sixth sense and obviously i I see dead people yes i was (laughs) like that is so good like they had two back-to-back easter eggs right there i was like that's pretty solid that is pretty solid and what's funny too is obviously we got lots of jokes in here like they're like you know i see dead people and then she's like let me take the reins you're gonna kill us all he's like well half of us are already dead so (laughs) you know (laughs) so now my favorite part of this whole entire movie i would have to say is the singing heads and honestly I actually know basically the whole entire sequence of everything they sing because I just love it so much. And for those of you who have never seen The Haunted Mansion, you're going to get a little preview of the singing heads because they are probably the best part of the whole entire movie for me, at least, because they're trying to find this mausoleum. Madame Leota told them, go to the mausoleum, find the key, and then the key will be, everything will be told. You'll be, you'll be good. So... And I love that the heads come back at the end of the movie when they're on their way to potentially the Florida Keys and they're just singing in the back of the minivan. And I don't know if you recognized it, but Haunted Mansion has a theme song. Like their score, they actually have a song. And that when they first walk up, they actually, those are like the words, I guess, Disney assigned to that song. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you noticed, but that's like the Haunted Mansion's like song and they have words to it apparently. So there's that. Did not take that out. No, I think they, they said it was an old oak. That's what they said. It's by the um by the light. By the light, by the light of the silvery moon of the silvery Look, you sound I really good. Your harmony's you. tight, but we're trying to find my wife. Right? I gotta help my wife. Uh, she'll be coming round the mountain when she comes. When she comes, she'll be coming round the mountain when she comes. Listen, guys, I'm, I'm trying to find a key. I'm trying to find a key. Where's the key? Where's the key? Where's the beautiful key? Find the key. Find the key. Oh, how happy you'll be. The key that I'm trying to find is is in the mausoleum. The key is in the mausoleum. You left your key in a mausoleum. So from here, they go to this crypt or mausoleum, I guess I should call it. And homegirl reads the words and they're in Latin to which Eddie Murphy is all like, since when do you speak Latin? And she's like, I've been taking it for three years, dad. He's like, but you thought it was stupid because it's a dead language. And he's like, well, yeah, I guess I was wrong. Which is a very typical dad response. (laughs) So they go inside. Michael, the boy, is way too scared to go in. Which he's 10. You know, it makes sense that he's scared. And they go inside. And this is probably, my opinion, the scariest part of the whole entire movie. Is this whole mausoleum sequence. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, other than like the occasional cuss word, this might be what made it TV PG. Because the rest of it's really not... You know, I don't know. Like you said, it's approaching G territory. It's pretty, right. it's pretty okay for kids, you know? So, I mean, it is a kid's movie, but. <laughs> well, I will say the whole, when the zombies are chasing them, mm-hmm. it did give me 
Scooby-Doo Zombie Island vibes. Yeah. And that is by far one of the scariest Scooby-Doo movies, but... Um, it is, actually. It's I'm quite saying, scary. It is quite terrifying. But it, that, that, like, that style of zombie is what, even when they were, like, walking and they were chasing after them, I was expecting that song from Scooby-Doo to play. So I'm dead. Same, same vibes. So, they go in. Madame Leota is watching them go in because she's also somehow doubling as, like, a crystal ball. And I believe Ramsley is watching them go into this crypt. And I think he's assuming that they're not going to make it out alive, but he's also trying to probably plan ahead for if they do, which is how he later pops up after this mausoleum sequence and is like, oh, I know you're trying to stop me, but you're not going to stop me. And then traps the kids in the trunk and then uh, sends Eddie Murphy outside. In the mausoleum sequence, I feel like this is the only important part about the spiders in the beginning Mm -hmm. because, first of all, we see how brave the daughter is because she's willing to not only jump in that water, but put her head in the water. Like, yeah. I was like, I told my mom, I looked at her, I said, I don't know if I could have done that. She said, you wouldn't have done it to save me? I said, I don't know, mom. Like, you're going to get some <laughs> nasty bacteria from that water or something. Like, I, ugh, I don't know. That whole water is just bleh, bleh. <clears throat> and then the spiders on the door. Oh, man. I'm watching that. And I was like, oh, I can't. Oh, God. In the beginning, when that boy screams and it's like, dad, there's a spider. That is me. That is me. I cannot handle spiders at all whatsoever. I ugh, they just mm. make me want to vomit. I like hyperventilate. Oh, I can't do it. So I completely understand his issue with the spiders. Oh, kill them on site. It's fun. <laughs> you were telling me the other day you don't like bugs. I don't like bugs. But well, because of a spider that I woke up to dangling above my head. Oh, Since then. No. Nope, it's on site. Uh, Mm-mm. burn the house down Drew. <laughs> i've actually trained my dogs to like eat spiders because i can't handle it oh my god <laughs> so madame leota they go back to her with the key and she's like i just worked here sorry about your luck you gotta go find the trunk now they go find the trunk they open it and they find the letter that says elizabeth didn't kill herself because mm. she's excited to marry him so if elizabeth didn't kill herself what does that mean that must mean she was poisoned and who lo and behold pops out and admits to it outright ramsley right yes so at this point are you shook or are you just kind of yeah. like i saw that coming a mile away that's <laughs> i did like the joke where he's like and it's the butler or the butler did it or something like that yeah like, yeah, yeah i know i was, I was like mind. yeah that's very tongue-in-cheek because it's always the butler uh so now ramsley sends Eddie Murphy outside and the kids are in the trunk and proceeds forward with the wedding. My, like, you know how delusional Gracie is? Gracie is so delusional that the scene when Sarah's walking up to get married, crying. crying, he looks at Ramsley and Ramsley's like, here's a joy, son. And Gracie believes it. He wants it to be true. He wants it to he be does. true. He does. And you know, I am that delusional too. I, I am so deeply in love with Peter Capaldi. I feel oh. that. Like if I ever got to meet Peter Capaldi in person, I'd be like, yeah, we got married. Like it would be no, like it would be, we are a couple. Good. Well, he's he's going to see you walking up with tears. Why she cry? Tears of joy. Oh my God, I'm going to have to do that now. I'm going to intentionally cry. He's going to be like, what's wrong? I'll be like, it's a joke. I love how I'm talking about this, like it's going to happen. Like one day I'm just casually going to be Peter Capaldi. <laughs> there's a will, there's a way. That's true. That's what I just said about the guy who hung himself. So, <laughs> okay. So 
at this point, Eddie Murphy becomes the biggest hero of all time and busts back through that house in his fancy BMW that he yelled at his kids earlier for slamming the car door too hard. Mm. So he clearly has like gotten over this whole like, I think he had an issue with like he got caught up in the money and the possessions over his family. And we have we have since learned our lesson and we see the character growth of Eddie Murphy and this as Jim. And we see him talking to Madame Leota, who's basically like, <laughs> never back down, never what? <laughs> Eddie Murphy's like, never give up. <laughs> so he gets in the car, drives it through the window, which another plot hole. How did Madame Leota get out of the house? She was in the house. Now she's out of the house. Mm. Also, how did they get back in the house if they had to bust out of it in the first place? Like, it is a little bit like what is happening with the house right now. So then he goes back in. He learns Kung Fu in a magic moment and defeats all those little iron soldiers, yes. saves his children, which honestly, who knows? This man, like, he could have been already, like, someone who did, like, boxing or something on the side. He's pretty fit, you know? I don't know. But it's also kind of like, damn, you just, like, magically got through all of that unscathed. Right. Not and one little 30 nip. seconds as well. Yeah, with that. I know. But, but it is still too late because guess who still takes the tiniest sip of that poison? Sarah. Yes. Sarah. Oh, Sarah. Why? Why, Sarah? Why did you kill yourself? So, and and honestly, this time she willingly kills herself. It's not even. And why would you drink it? At, like, I know. Even if you don't like, know poison, put it to your lips. Don't drink any of the food. Now, maybe, maybe she does just put it to her lips. Maybe that was enough. Yeah, I guess that was enough. I don't know. But yeah, so, so. her tears of joy and her poison kill her. And that's when Elizabeth, like, shows up right or actually no i think it's that how does it go again it's like she runs has gone first he well because eddie murphy comes in and he says if anyone has any objections and eddie murphy's like i have an objection yes and then they run in and oh there's that sequence where he's trying to fight gracie yes remember because gracie draws his sword and he says you can kill me but i'll be on the other other side kicking your ass the whole entire time right so you better think about this before you do it and then he gets Ramsley to admit that he murdered Elizabeth. He gives like, her, he, he gives him the letter and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now this is the only part of Haunted Mansion that actually kind of gets really deep because Ramsley talks about how like that girl, as he refers to her, that girl and mm-hmm. him were from Bulls very below different, him. yeah, yeah, very different worlds. And when you think about it, if they are genuinely trying to address it, like she is black, and this would have been the 1800s, and, yeah. And it would have absolutely not only been unacceptable, let alone in the U.S., but in the South. Right. Oh, my God. I mean, I read this book called Cane River recently where it talked about, like, racism and everything. And it was about a woman's family history. And there was a great-great-grandmother of hers who had a love. She, her great-great-grandmother was black and loved a white man. And they tried to be together. The state would never let them get married. And their neighbors were physically attacking them constantly, threatening to burn their house down, yeah. threatening to harm them, threatening to kill their children to the point where the couple broke up. And it was really sad because it's like real. That really happened. So when right. you really think about it, not only is Gracie this like well-to-do man talking about like, oh, I love this black woman, like he and openly so like it's just not it was not appropriate at that time, like because right. it was just a different world. And it also shows that, like, Disney is willing to kind of talk about, like, I guess racism and stuff, but not really because they don't talk about anything modern. Right. They just talked about that. But 
it's like also like if you're not really paying attention I guess you wouldn't necessarily know why like as a kid I didn't really understand why he thought she was below him Mm -hmm. because it didn't make sense like I didn't know what was like maybe she was lower class that was kind of what I thought they just didn't say they didn't say it which they left the ambiguity there Right, which open, but they could have, they could have outright done it, but I think yeah. in 2003 they, they were afraid to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nowadays, I think they could have, yeah. and I think they would have had they gone in that direction with the new haunted mansion. But I think 2003, people were still, even today, people are still too afraid to talk about racism. But I still think that it was worse. Like people had more trouble discussing it back then, and I feel like it's getting to be where more and more things in cinema and tv want to talk about it today which is a good thing you know and it's not even limited to the racism people talking about lgbtq you know other stuff women's rights so to conclude our movie we have where elizabeth inhabits sarah's body as it collapses and basically like gets to be with gracie for five seconds again and they go to heaven okay right Here's here's where my next issue might come in if I'm really trying to pick this movie apart is that one, like Sarah wakes up again. Why does she magically come back to life? Like, is it because she was right. inhabited by Elizabeth? Uh, who gave her the power to bring her back to life? <laughs> she's just she's just automatically able to reincarnate. <laughs> Which actually, speaking of that, why is she reincarnated? Because That's they've true. mentioned mm-hmm. they say like, oh, she is her. Well, then why isn't Gracie? Right. Why didn't Gracie just come back? And in that case, why didn't it become Gracie and Elizabeth as each other as a couple? Right. And like they're evers and evers, which right. you know, I yeah, I don't know. I'm I don't know. No, so, missed opportunity. That was a that was a good story too. Honestly, that, that could have been come back. And the only way for that ever like Ramsey and everyone of them to leave would be to get them to remember slash get them to uh-huh. kiss or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that could have been interesting. That could be the third haunted mansion. Who knows if they remake it again. Because in the next Haunted Mansion, after this one ends, you know, Evers and Evers move on with their life, except they have their little ghosty friends and they have the deed to the house. I like to think they're going to actually live in the house. Like they're going to like clean it up, fix it up a little bit for whatever it means and like live in it. But, you know, they may not. They may be traumatized. <laughs> Who knows? I'd probably have PTSD. So <laughs> <laughs> so they probably are going to move on. They're probably going to sell it, make multi-millions. And that's why they're on their way to Florida. Who knows? But, but in the new movie... It's a very different story. Nothing at all to do with the original. And I actually, when I heard they were remaking it, I was pissed because I love this movie so much. I was like, how could it be better? And why do they feel the need to do it? But I will say, I actually was pleasantly surprised. I did really like the remake and I think they did a really good job with it. And like I said earlier, I feel like the newer one is more based on the ride at California's Disneyland Right. And this older one is more based on the one in Florida. So, which that makes sense if they made the Florida one after they made the movie. I think so. I would have to. I would have to Google it or ask my mom. But I'm pretty sure it came out after the movie. Yeah, that makes sense. But I really, really like the ride. I think the ride is super fun. It's super cute, and a lot of the movie is very much seen throughout the ride. Like they did a really good job in both movies of emulating the ride in the movies. Mm. So it's really cool. Well, going into this, we had a solid discussion, you know, took about 20 minutes tops. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny, Drew. <laughs> and that's your Friday Night Rewind. <laughs>